Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Claire. And welcome to My, My Mate, Mate Reckons. Reckons, the show where we teach you... And each other. ...about whatever you want to know about. Oh, well, what I think is it cares about. I think it's a fairly mild episode, actually. It's just a good story. It is. There's a... Oh, there's a bit of death. There's a bit, a wee bit of death, a wee bit of plane crashing. Yeah. A wee bit of language, as always. But mostly, it's about how young women kick uh, life in the dick. Yeah, are exceptional. Hola. Hello. Is that your Spanish accent because we're going to Hola. Peru? Oh, I didn't even make that connection. But oh. yes, there you go. I'm on brand. G'day. Hello. Hi. Welcome. Welcome to another week. Hello, everyone. Uh, this one was a bit rando, yeah. as these ones often are. <laughs> I know n- knew nothing about this person, but yeah. I'm following a fantastic account, which I've forgotten the name of. I can't remember. Um, but, uh, but had... This story come up about this particular woman and I got, it was like 10 slides and I got three slides into it before I stopped. Yes. Sent it to you. And, and you were like, do this, Do please. this, just tell me everything about this person. Yes. So, Julianne Koepka. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say that's how you pronounce her name, but I feel like that's wrong. Okay. Um, probably should have researched that. Um, was born on the 10th of October in 1954. But she also now goes by her married name, which is Dr. Julianne Diller. So that's how we, you would know her. Okay. okay. She is a German-Peruvian mammalologist. Wow. Yes. Is that someone who looks at mammalogy? Mamma <laughs> Yes. So mammalogy. Who studies the song, of Hey Mama. Yeah. Take your mama out tonight. <laughs> Songs with Mama in them. <laughs> she's Mama. Yeah, that's her. That's she's what she's done her that. PhD in. Wow. Songs with Mama in it. Wow. So anyway, she was born in Lima because her parents were both zoologists. Wow. Strap in, ready. We need to know a little bit about her parents. Okay. So Julianne's dad, Hans Willem Kopka Koepka, is an ecologist. Right. Her mum, Maria von Mikulitz Radecki. Oh my goodness, well done. I know, thank you. Met in 1947, also a scientist. Met in 1947 at the University of Kiel, 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 where, uh, where both were biology students. Her mother's PhD was a thesis that dealt with the coloration of wild and domestic doves. His PhD was about wood lice. Wow, what imagine a... their first date. <laughs> Holy shit. What a, what a wild, what a gripping wild, conversation. Yes. Oof. The so, colour of doves. Yep. And, and here's something lice. about woodlice. Oh my God, take me now. Exactly. So he is offered in late 1948 mm-hmm. a job at the Natural History Museum in Lima. Okay. Now, considering what's just happened in post war. Europe. Oh, for sure. Travel, bit difficult. Not so easy. No, but particularly problematic for Germans. So there's no passports and visas were hard to come by. So mm-hmm. he has to get from Germany, I imagine, Kiel, wherever that is in Europe, geography, <laughs> <laughs> to get to Peru. So, so he what gets he does. His army of woodlice. Yes, to carry him, him there. there. Yeah. First, he gets to a port and has to convince um, convince 
some fucking sailors, some seamen, to get on a transatlantic freighter. (laughs) He then gets wherever he gets to at some point, treks over several mountain ranges, is arrested, serves time in an Italian prison camp. Holy shit. Finally ends up stowing away in the hold of a cargo ship that is bound for Uruguay. Oh my gosh. By burrowing into a pile of rock salt. Ooh. When he shows up, so gets there. Oh my when God. he shows up at the office of the museum, two years have passed. <laughs> Jesus. And surprisingly, the job he accepted had already been filled. Oh, darn it. They didn't get how rude. So he persevered. Yeah. He's like, well, I'm fucking here now. Winds up managing the museum's itchithology itch- collection. Right. I don't know what that is. Wood lice or insects, yeah. I imagine. His fiance then follows him on a South Pacific steamer in 1950. That's a... Hell of a long distance relationship. Yeah. Is also hired at the museum where she eventually runs the orthonology department. Um, she's an expert on neotropical birds. Right. Or becomes an expert on neotropical birds yeah. living in fucking Peru. Yeah. So she has since been memorialized in the scientific names of four Peruvian species. Oh, my God. He is remembered for his 1,684-page two-volume opus called Life Forms, the Basis for a Universally Valid Biological Theory. Holy shit. In 1956, a species of lava lizard endemic to Peru was named in honour of the couple. Oh, that's sweet. Do you think we'll ever do something so great? Do you think someone will discover a lizard and call it the My Mate Reckons Lizard? I hope so. Me too. If we have any ecologists or biologists... Um, we love you. We Please love you. Name Please name shit, name after. shit after. What an amazing couple. Yes. So amidst all of this... I mean, I wouldn't want to hang out with them at, at a party. I, I don't feel think like I'd com- want to hang out with them at a party once and just be like, wow. Just tell me you and then you're done. <laughs> then you'd be like, Whoa. Small doses, small doses. Yeah, so in 1954, they have a baby. They have a girl, yeah. Julianne. Yeah. And um, she grows up in... As babies do. In Peru. Yeah. So it's 1968. Okay. She is a teenager. Right. And they get a new job mm-hmm. to go um, from Lima to an abandoned patch of primary forest in the middle of the Amazon. Okay. Their plan was to conduct field studies on its plants and animals for five years, um, exploring the rainforest. It is called Panguana. Right. Okay. Um, They lived there full-time with a German shepherd named Lobo, a parakeet, Florian, in a wooden hut that was propped up on stilts. This is basically the wild thorn breeze at this point. Yeah. Julianne was homeschooled for two years, receiving her textbooks and homework Mm. by mail. Living in the fucking rainforest. Yeah. With her fucking parents. She describes it as a place of peace and harmony. I would imagine. And she, her parents instilled in her a love for the Amazon wilderness, but also an inner, a knowledge of its inner fucking sure. volatile ecosystem. That kid knows about the Amazon. They had told her, if you ever get lost in a rainforest, find moving water and follow its course to a river where human settlements are likely to be. That yeah. is an important If I was a screenwriter, thing. I would say that's foreshadowing. That is foreshadowing. Yeah, right. Because, snap forward, Christmas Eve, 1971. She is 17. Right. 
her mother and her board a flight in Lima bound for Pakalupa, mm-hmm. um, where their then final destination will be going back to home in Panguana. Okay. Right. The plane is late, um, but they jump on the plane. It's a small one. Yeah. As they're flying, um, Julianne is sitting at the back seat in the back row on her own in a row of three chairs. There is a bolt of lightning on the right wing. They're in a huge storm. The plane nose dives and she remembers her mother saying, now it's all over. She remembers people weeping and screaming and then she remembers it going quiet. So the aircraft is crashes into the Amazonian jungle. How terrifying. It breaks apart and the pieces are thrown all over, over the jungle. She is on her own. The next thing she's I, alive. She's alive and alone. The next thing Everyone. I knew, I was no longer inside the cabin. I was outside in the open air. I hadn't left the plane. The plane had left me. Jesus, what? So they believe her row because she was sitting in a row on her own and is a seventeen-year-old. Uh, it lands on a bunch of trees yeah whatever the top of the canopy of the trees which broke her fall and then eventually whatever that distance to fall was shorter was shorter to how thick the canopy was presumably unconscious during that yes and just woke up and was like holy shit i'm outside the plane yes so she and everyone else is dead well yes at this point but we we find out eventually she's not near anyone else why haven't we seen six films about this exactly So she eventually regains consciousness um, the next day, Christmas Day. Okay. Um, She'd fallen 10,000 feet, nearly two miles. And we then learned she, eventually we learned she is the sole survivor of the crash. All she's wearing is a, like, the 70s. She's wearing a small mini dress and some sandals. And she's nearsighted, so she wears glasses. She wakes up. She's lost one shoe, and she can't find her glasses anywhere. Right. She's um, a bit cut up, so she's got a few serious I'm kind of not cuts. Not surprised. Yes. Um, she's she's got a torn ligament in her knee, but she can still move, and she has um, what's it called? But when your shoulder comes out of the socket, a dislocated shoulder. Dislocated shoulder. Ooh. So that's kind of where she's at. But she realizes it sounds familiar. She knows she's in the Amazonian jungle. And what she says is what I experienced was not fear, but a boundless feeling of abandonment. Mm. So she's super concussed. All she finds in terms of the debris near her is a small bag of candy, which she eats. And then she sets out David into the fucking Amazon. Jesus Christ. So she's it's the middle of the wet season, so there's no fruit for her to pick. There's no dry kindling for her to pick a fire. Um, the only thing that she's got is river water, which she knows she can drink, mm. and that is what she uses to nourish herself, David, for 11 oh days. Oh, my God, the poor woman, 11 days. Yes, so it is, is stupidly humid, oh yeah, I would imagine. stupidly hot. Yes. She walks and wades and swims because she finds the fucking river like her parents, parents told, told her, her to do. So it's been 50 years 
since this crash, which is yeah. called the Lancer Flight 508, yeah. which is they now say is the deadliest lightning strike disaster in aviation oh history. So um, what she then does is... Oh, where's my, uh, where's my research? She ends up on the 11th day finding a boat okay. which she thinks is a... Um, which she thinks is a... What's it called? Like a... A she, lifeboat, a rafter. Uh, she thinks it's fake or a mirage. Oh. Touches it, realises that it's real, looks ahead, sees a small hut of a local indigenous, I imagine, group. Right. Goes to sleep in that tribe, in that house. Yeah. Um, at this point, she realises that the wound in her shoulder is full of maggots. Oh. But because they had a boat... They had like kerosene and gas, and she had seen her dad deal with this with mammals. Right. Yes. So she pours kerosene oh my God. into her wound, Blah. and then waits for the maggots to come out, and she pulls them out. She's quoted as being like, "I'm proud of myself." Yeah, fucking for dealing hell. with this. Anyway, these whoever three people come back who live in this place find her, take her to the nearby village, and she is rescued. They then find out um, that her mother had survived in terms of... um, Survived the crash. Survived the crash, but um, when they found her, she had died, and they realised that she had died a couple of days after her... um, Injuries. Injuries. Yeah. So she... um, Ends up going back to Germany. She earns a PhD in biology. She becomes an eminent zoologist. 1989, she gets married to, here you go, an entomologist and an authority on parasitic wasps. Oh, hello. Again. Wow. Listen to that love story. She's like seen, met met death face to face and challenged him. Meanwhile, he across the table is talking about... Parasites, great. Yeah. Um, she um, is deep, obviously, scared of air travel, but still yes. flies because in 1981 she spends 18 months in residence at her parents' station mm. um, while researching her own graduate thesis on butterflies and her doctoral dissertation on bats. Wow. Yes. Incredible. Amazing. So her father um, survived. Mm. Uh, wasn't in this wasn't crash. In crash. So he died 19 years later, and then he stayed in um, Panguana yeah. as the primary kind of primary organizer. And she went back and she worked there oh, wow. after he died. And she, this is what she said: "On my lonely 11-day hike back to civilization, I made myself a promise." Doctor Diller said, "I vowed that if I stayed alive, I would devote my life to a meaningful cause that served nature." And humanity. And that cause became Panguana, which is the oldest biological research station in Peru. And she has done a bunch of philanthrop- like philanthropic work to acquire them more land, to get sponsors, to um, like a bakery, a German wow. bakery has donated money and philanthropic support so that it went from originally having 445 acres to 4,000 acres. 
because it is just this incredible ex- like place for biodiversity and research. Yeah. It's home to more than 500 species of trees, 160 type of reptiles, 100 different kinds of fish, like all of this research wow. that has been able to come out of this area and this work that she has done. Um, and they talk about it being this like biodiverse fucking haven. Yeah. And it has since gone on to now be a protected site. Um, yeah. She's fucking amazing. She's incredible. So what they did do, though, in 1974, mm-hmm. um, so this is kind of to go back, why don't we know about this story? Yeah. So that's all the incredible stuff she's done in her life. Right. Um, she received reluctant fame. Um, they made a cheesy Italian biopic in 1974 called Miracle Still Happen, which she is portrayed as this hysterical teenager. Um, and so she avoided the news and avoided any media for many, many years. Mm. Um, she it, Then in 1998, when she was approached by the movie director Werner Herzog, he wanted to do a documentary about her for German TV. Sure. And he had an invested interest because he had narrowly missed taking the same Christmas Eve flight while scouting locations oh, wow. for his historical drama, oh, yeah, wow. which was called Aguaya, the Wrath of God. And so they travelled back to the site of the crash in 1998 and recorded this um, documentary called Wings of Hope, um, all about her and the crash and, yeah, and wow. what she thought. She's since gone on to write a um, memoir. Right. Um, and she said about making the documentary, making the documentary was therapeutic. Dr. Diller said, at the time of the crash, no one offered me any formal counselling or psychological help. I had no idea that it was possible to even get help. And so now she still lives in Germany, but she travels, likes to travel there kind of two times, back there two times a year. Mm -hmm. So she hates that she can't get back there at the moment because of Of coronavirus. Um, And her cause now is all about climate change and about... um, the work we need to do because of the Amazon being deforested, um, the climate change crisis, meaning that there could be, um, you know, already the, uh, the climate in the Amazon has increased by four degrees Celsius in the past 30 years. It's causing wetlands to shrink. And that means that at 20, after 20%, there's no possibility of recovery of, um, the forest will die. Yeah. And, Everything that they've researched and everything that they have done will be kind of pointless. Holy shit. I know. She, a part of her memoir or part of her kind of recent talking about it, there's an incredible BBC News article written by her um, about her memories. Right. So I'll read you some of it because it's amazing. It was Christmas Eve 1971 and everyone was eager to get home. We were angry because the plane was seven hours late. Suddenly we entered into a heavy, dark cloud. My mother was anxious, but I was okay. I liked flying. Ten minutes later, it was obvious that something was very wrong. There was very heavy turbulence, and the plane was jumping up and down. Parcels and luggage were falling from the locker. There were gifts, flowers, and Christmas cakes flying around the cabin. When we saw lightning around the plane, I was scared. My mother and I held hands, but we were unable to speak. Other passengers began to cry and weep and scream. After about ten minutes, I saw a very bright light on the outer engine on the left. 
My mother said very calmly, that is the end. It's all over. Those were the last words I ever heard from her. The plane jumped down and went into a nosedive. It was pitch black and people were screaming. Then the deep roaring of the engines filled my head completely. Suddenly the noise stopped and I was outside the plane. I was in a free fall, strapped into my seat bench and hanging head over heels. The whispering of the wind was the only noise I could hear. I felt completely alone. I could see the canopy of the jungle spinning towards me, then I lost consciousness and remembered nothing of the impact. Later, I learned that the plane had broken into pieces about two miles above the ground. I woke up the next day and looked up into the canopy. The first thought I had was, I survived an air crash. Yeah, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, you did, you badass. Isn't that incredible? Holy shit. That's a film her parents life is a film like oh my god it's amazing wow i could well i you know spoiler alert could not do that i was because i had to ask you that question being like how would you go for 11 days in a rainforest <laughs> cut to day one <laughs> having a lie down being like this is it, this is it now <laughs> i'd like to think i'd be smart enough to follow water well now we will be We've now we that. will yeah. Find a water source. Yeah, I've watched many hours of Bear Grylls vaguely stoned out of my mind. have never <laughs> learnt that piece of valuable information. Find the water source, also, climb into a I camel's feel like carcass. He says that a That's lot. what you've learnt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How would you go? I'd be terrible. Yeah. I don't like cardio. It would be the hiking for me. <laughs> the distance. Yeah, and I would be wearing some ridiculous outfit like she would. was. So it would be, they would not be hike-worthy no shoes. No sensible shoes. Well, she didn't, she had one shoe on. Oh, so she did like, uh, now I'm kind of like, if she can do it, then surely there's. Man, oh man. Even just, but like, yeah. Whoa. Whoa. Well, now I know a lot about her and I'm grateful I do. And I've been reminded of how amazing the Amazon rainforest is and. Do you want to go? Would you ever want to go? Oh, I'm dying to go. Yeah, I'd love to go. I'd love to go. I have one friend who I know very well who has gone and just said it was it's amazing. incredible. It's amazing. Yeah. Like seeing real life piranhas and Holy shit. climbing Machu Picchu. But and... even if you, I will say, I've got my wife and I downloaded an app that's proven very good, even just in just the suburbs of Brisbane called All Grinder. Tri- Grinder. <laughs> fantastic it's really opened up our marriage um called all tracks which is just a huge library of like hiking trails around you and if it's been ages since you've been in nature Mm. just go and walk somewhere where you can't hear traffic for an hour and be reminded of how amazing the australian bush is as well yes i went to the i drove down to the beach the other day yes and that was, again, that reminder of going, like, this is an hour's drive from where I live. Yeah. And this is one of the, like, the most beautiful beaches in the fucking world is an hour away from where we live here in Brisbane. Like A lot of our, a lot of our listeners are Australian and we almost always forget that we live in paradise. Yeah, we do. Absolutely. We're very lucky to be in Queensland at the moment. As we say, this Queensland is safe, but down south. Yeah, to our interstate listeners in all various forms of lockdowns, 
we're, we we solidarity to you. We yeah. hope it's not sucking today or sucking a little less than it has. Indeed. We could all use a bit of Julianne inspiration. Yeah. From time to kick time. Kick it in the fucking dick. Kick it in the dick. Thanks for being my mate, Claire. Thanks for being my mate, Claire. listening to the show if you'd like to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to this please on, do that would be great that'd be great tell, tell your you friends me. tell your mates that's right that's the name of the show <laughs> i see what you did there where can people find you claire people can find me on instagram at claire and pearl where can people find you dave people can find me at dave burton writer and if you have a suggestion or a question or would like to point out how much Claire got wrong. <laughs> or how much Dave got wrong. Then you can write us an email at mymatereckons at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.